Girlfriends, episode number 179, Mary, Our Queen and Mother, with Marge Fenelon. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, I'm sharing a wonderful conversation I had recently with a friend and fellow author, award-winning writer, Marge Fenelon. Can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. How are you? Thanks for being here. Thanks for showing up for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. You know I love to be able to connect here. And this week, we have kind of a merry theme going here because I'm going to be talking with Marge Fenelon, who is a fantastic author who has written extensively about Mary and from a lot of different um, points of view and sharing a lot of our church history and history of apparitions and her own personal devotion and journey in her relationship with Mary. And I find this so interesting because even those of us who are cradle Catholics um, sometimes struggle in our relationship with Mary, what that means. And for sure, those who are converts have their own issues, perhaps, that they bring to that relationship with Mary and obstacles that we need to get over. Um, Do you struggle with your relationship with Mary? Do you struggle in uh, loving her the way that Jesus tells us to love her? Do you sometimes feel like you're not sure Um, how to approach Mary in a relationship with Mary? Um, Or do you struggle with the rosary? That's a big one that I hear from people about all the time. But, you know, beginning your devotion to Mary, beginning a relationship with Mary, if you don't currently have a close relationship with Mary, you don't have to start out by praying the rosary daily, right? Just start out by approaching her in prayer about, um, you know, what's, what's going on in your life and what you're struggling with the same way you would with a good earthly mother, you know, turning to her in what's going on in your life and asking for her support, asking for her prayers, asking for her intercession on your behalf. You know, something that... I I usually do when I'm turning to Mary in prayer, especially if there's something in particular that I want to, um, I I want, you know, whether it's a certain thing with one of my kids or something with work that that I'm struggling with and I want to ask for Mary's intercession on my behalf. Um, One thing that I try to do, and this, I I believe it's a prayer practice that came from St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, which... And I think I've seen it referred to as the flying novena. Tell me if you're familiar with this. So what it is, is usually a novena is nine consecutive days of prayer for a particular intention, which is a great prayer practice. And I think I've shared with you before that I really like PrayMoreNovenas.com for actually praying novenas because for years I struggled. Like I'd have the little novena prayer on a prayer card and I'd keep it in my bedroom or in the bathroom or somewhere in the kitchen and I'd have the intention to pray this prayer for this particular intention for nine days and I always would miss a day. I would always mess up. Um, But if you go to PrayMoreNovenas.com, this is all just a little aside, you can sign up for a particular novena that they're praying. Usually they do it seasonally so that the novena ends on a particular feast day for a particular devotion. Um, And you get the emails sent right to your inbox first thing in the morning each day that you're supposed to be praying the novena. And I love this because I've shared with you before, I use my inbox kind of like a to-do list. So if I have an unread email in my inbox, it's a to-do for me. So oftentimes I'll get an email and there's some action I need to take and I'm not prepared to take it right away. So I'll just mark it as unread so that I see that to-do in my inbox when I go open it up. Sometimes 
this whole thing explodes in my face because I have way too many unread emails in my inbox. Uh, But usually my system works pretty well. And in that case, when I have one of those unread notifications from PrayMoreNovenas.com, I know I haven't said my novena yet. I haven't said my prayer yet for that day. And when I do, I'll archive the email and know that I'm done until the next day. Works amazing. I've never been so successful at praying novenas. Okay, all of that was an aside though, because this flying novena from St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta is for perhaps a more urgent situation. Perhaps you're feeling great anxiety about something that's happening right now, today, tonight, tomorrow. Um, And what Mother Teresa of Calcutta used to do was pray 10 memorares in a row. Um, And I I think I've even read before about doing that like every hour for nine hours, but then also just a much simpler way of doing it. Just pray the 10 memorares for the intention that you're praying for, turning to Mary and whatever your need is. Now, why 10? I like this because you pray the nine in petition. And then Mother Teresa of Calcutta taught us to be confident in prayer to Our Lady. And so you pray the 10th in thanksgiving for your prayer being answered. Yeah, a little cheeky, isn't it? I think that's so great. And actually, I really love the memorare, right? Because it starts out with, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. So starting out this prayer to Our Lady by reminding her of her faithfulness and reminding ourselves to be confident in Mother Mary's faithfulness and be confident in the fact that our prayer is going to be answered. And so an additional way to do that is praying that 10th one in Thanksgiving before your prayer has been answered, but just because you know it will be because you know Mary's listening. Anyway, I love that practice. So anyway, I wanted to share that because I found that that was a really helpful way to very actively be kind of leaning on Mary during some tough times. And we all go through tough times, whether you're anxious about a work situation or worried about one of your children or struggling in your marriage or whatever it is that is causing you anxiety or that you're struggling with or or having stress about right now. Mary cares about that. I shared with you that I was really leaning on Mama Mary during the the weeks and months before my daughter's wedding in the time of preparation, which often, let's be real, can be a time of real stress for families, um, especially for brides and their mothers. Um, But I, I shared with you that I was really confident in Mary's love for us, even inside of those maybe frivolous, maybe not quite so important details that we were stressing about with regard to the wedding, because she gave us that beautiful example at the wedding at Cana that she really does care about those small things and she cares about how we feel about them. So whatever's going on in your life right now, in whatever way you might need a mother in your life right now, I want to encourage you to think about Mary and the ways in which God might be calling you to grow closer to his, his mother because she's our mother too. That's another thing I love to reflect on is the fact that when Jesus was dying on the cross, that moment, that dramatic moment where he is dying for love of each of us, right? Not love for some general, faceless, nameless throng of humanity. He loves each of us uniquely, individually, and personally. And in that moment, that's when he chose to give us his mother, right? Where he turns to John and says, here's your mother. And he turns to his mother and says, here's your son. That was the gift he was giving to all of us of the role that Mary is meant to play in our lives. She's meant to be our mother. And Jesus, in his dying moments, it was that important to him that that's what he was focused on, giving us his mother. The most precious thing that he had access to on this earth was the gift of his mother. And he wanted to give us that gift in those moments before he was dying because he loves us so much. 
So again, that underscores the importance of our relationship with Mary, the importance of devotion to Mary. You know, sometimes I hear from people who maybe don't share our faith, but even people inside of the Catholic faith who are like, I don't need Mary, right? I just go to Jesus. I just talk to God. And that's great. But it's not about, do you need her? Do you absolutely have to have this relationship with Mary? Uh, It's such a huge benefit to have a loving mother who's interceding for you, the queen of heaven, interceding on your behalf, why wouldn't you want that, right? It's not about needing, although we do, I must say, need our heavenly mother, but it's not about that. That, Why don't you want access to that wonderful, beneficial relationship that's going to help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus? Anyway, that's my little pep talk, but you know who's even better at giving a merry pep talk? That's my guest, Marge Fenelon. So I can't wait to share this interview with you. I recently had this conversation with Marge, and every time I talk to Marge, I just come away just loving Mary all the more and loving Marge for the beautiful way that she shares her faith and her authentic struggles inside of her own growth and her own history in the faith and in her relationship with Mary, the mother of God. So not going to hold off anymore. Here is my recent conversation with Marge Fenelon. Take a listen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Girlfriends. I am excited because today I have a special guest joining me here on Girlfriends, a fellow author, uh, an award-winning writer. Marge Fenelon is a Catholic wife, a mother, award-winning author and journalist, speaker, and popular Catholic radio and television personality. She's author of the award-winning Our Lady, Undoer of Knots, A Living Novena, and the bestseller Forgiving Mother, A Marian Novena of Healing and Peace. Her newest book is My Queen, My Mother, A Living Novena, A Marian Pilgrimage Across America. Welcome to Girlfriends, Marge. I am so glad you are here. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, so I love, I love the podcast. So I'm thrilled. <laughs> yeah, podcasts are fun. I always say it's it gives me an excuse to just talk to people that I love, and it gives me an excuse to call up people that I don't know that I love their work. So this is a great opportunity for me. <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah, and so people might have picked up on a, a little bit of a theme there when I was um, reading through your list of books. <laughs> you're you're a big fan of Mama Mary. So um, to get us started, maybe just for some listeners who might not be familiar with your work. Um, just share with us a little bit about your faith background. Where, where are you coming from with this Mary thing? Where am I coming from? I'm coming from the heart of a woman who desperately needs and loves her mom. So, so cradle Catholic and uh, had a, def- a, a tough upbringing. So, so I needed that mother, that mothering from the Blessed Mother and was introduced to her at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And from that time on, you know, I, I tell people often, she quite literally saved my life. She, wow. And that's, that's really the truth, I, emotionally, spiritually, but even, even physically. At, at a couple of points in my life. Absolutely. And I, I credit that to her intercession. So so basically, she picked me. I didn't necessarily pick her first. But <laughs> but I, but I, you know, but when she grabs you, she'll never let go, which is my case. But in other words, in any ways, I what I'm looking for in my faith life is to share what I've been given with others. And that is this this love of the Blessed Mother that is so abundant. 
Right. And and it comes through so beautifully in everything that you share. I'm a big fan of your work, Marge. And I got to tell you, I got to give a shout out to um, a girlfriend's listener, Michelle, who read your book. Um, it was the one Forgiving Mother, a Marian Novena of Healing and Peace. So you mentioned healing and you mentioned having a rough upbringing. And my friend Michelle was sharing that she has had a difficult relationship with her mother and that reading that book brought her peace and healing in a way that she didn't previously feel was possible. Was that part of your motivation in writing that book that you wanted to share that healing that you had found? Oh, absolutely. Michelle, thanks for, for reaching out with that because it's so good to get feedback because that was scary as yeah. anything. I shared, oh, way more of myself than I would have prefer- preferred to uh-huh. and for the exact reason, that exact reason, so that people could read the book or hear me speak about it and and say, wow, oh my gosh, she's singing my song. That's that's my story. And she gets it. Right. And so it's it's kind of credibility. It's it's kind of a, a a sisterhood or or you know, there's a lot of guys who've had terrible situations with their moms as well, but but kind of a a link, a connection with with the readers and listeners. And then because the Blessed Mother and good spiritual directors and people that were put into my life who helped me get through that, mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, this isn't mine. This isn't my gift to keep. This is, I have to share this gift. Wow. Oh, that's a beautiful, beautiful motivation. And I love that you shared you were hesitant about it because that is a scary thing to do. Anybody who writes from their heart and shares, you know, their own details, their own woundedness, their own brokenness, it's a really vulnerable thing to do. Um, So do you think Mary helped you to to get through that, get through that fear and sharing that story? She and uh, my siblings. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, my I, my siblings are all older than I am by seven, nine, and eleven years. Wow! So I am the baby, baby, mm-hmm. and they for years had been telling me, "You got to write your story." You got to, and I I'd laugh at them, and be like, "Oh, you write it if you want to do it so bad." Right. And uh, but you know they they said, "But well, you're the writer, and you've got this special connection to Mary." And I, yeah, no, no. Anyway, mm-hmm. and once my mother passed away. I knew it was the right time. And my siblings, you asked how, you know, how did I get through that with all the scary stuff and so on? And and it was their support really that got me started. They're like, just do it. Just do it. We'll back you no matter what. No matter how hard it is, we're there for you. We're praying for you. And, you know, these are these are folks who had left the church. Wow. So I was like, oh, my goodness, there's something going on here. Um, and, and so it was a lot of prayer to the Blessed Mother. So before I ever, uh, you know, put pen to paper, literally just to even write down thoughts and notes or hand a keyboard. Mm-hmm. I sat down, had a good talk with her and, and I asked her, you know, my life, you know, what's going to be effective to help others. You know what I should keep out. And so every single time I sat down to a writing session, it was the same little ritual. Wow. Wow. And what beautiful fruit comes from that? I'm sure Michelle isn't the only one who was touched and blessed by your sharing in that book. So anyone who is struggling inside of their human relationships, especially with woundedness inside of your relationship with your mother or woundedness in your own motherhood. I think so many of us suffer in that way. Mary's such a powerful intercessor for healing and peace. And your book does that so beautifully. So that one's called Forgiving Mother, a Marian Novena of Healing and Peace. But I want to talk about your newest book, which happens to have the same tagline as that first book, A Living Novena. So this one's called My Queen, My Mother, A Living Novena. Tell me what you mean by that, A Living Novena. A Living living Novena is, is something that I came up with. 
So it's it's a it's a marge invention. Nice. Uh, it, it is nice. I didn't I didn't think of it in that way at at the time, but after the first one was published, it's uh, uh, Ave Maria Press kind of came back to me and said, you know, you got something here, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, really? So. <laughs> So it's always that way with me. It's kind of like I never set out to be great and then something wonderful happens. It's That's like, so oh, great. You're kidding me. Um, a living novena is this. It, it It is part devotional but majorly armchair pilgrimage, uh-huh. both of them. So Our Lady Endure of Knots and then My Queen, My Mother. So in the novena, each are nine nine days, nine chapters. Uh-huh. Doesn't have to be read or prayed in nine days, but that's the framework. Each day of the novena, each chapter of the book, we visit another place together, and I bring it to life again. These are places I've actually been uh-huh. and and prayed at and experienced and and soaked into me, and and then I I recreate that for the reader. So in the case of Our Lady Endure of Knots, it was my trip to the Holy Land. Uh-huh. In the case of my queen, my mother, I traveled literally coast to coast across the U.S. making a Marian pilgrimage, stopping at nine different Marian pilgrimage sites throughout the country. Now, what are some of these? Because what do you mean by a Marian pilgrimage site? What are some that people might look up or be familiar with? Okay, so many of them are shrines per se. One of them is not. It's it's an historical site, as a matter of fact. But but they are places where I had some criteria. the The criteria was this: that it had obviously Marian devotion, some mm-hmm. kind of attachment to the Blessed Mother. That it also had a facet of our American history, and then our Catholic. American history because we have Danielle we have a rich rich Catholic heritage in this country mm-hmm. hardly anybody knows about it yeah it's so sad it's just so sad there are, there are parts of American history that we've read about in our, our American history books mm-hmm. in our courses growing up and we don't even realize that the Blessed Mother was there intricate in, in, intrinsically involved in these events it's it's just crazy in a great way okay give so, us an example of that because you really piqued my curiosity <laughs> you betcha. I would love to. So so I, I went to the shrine of Our Lady of La Leche in St. Augustine, Florida. Mm-hmm. This is the site of the first ever, oh, I'm getting choked up. That's crazy. Um, the first ever Catholic mass said on U.S. soil. Wow. And it's also the first Marian shrine dedicated to our Blessed Mother, in the entire United States. Wow. So that's so yeah. how far Isn't back it? does that go? Fifteen sixty five. Wow. Can you imagine? That's crazy. I love Isn't it. it. Yeah. Isn't that the best? And uh so so I also went to the National Shrine of uh, Our Lady of Prompt Sucker. So Prompt Sucker is quick help, mm-hmm. basically. It's French. In New Orleans, Louisiana. That shrine now brought that that shrine was was created and dedicated by the Ursuline nuns who came to the new world what was then the new world in the late 1600s early 1700s mm-hmm. the the interesting thing that i found at that shrine was first of all these these beautiful Ursuline nuns who are operating to this day a girls' school that was founded in 1827. It has never stopped running. It's the wow. only, yeah, isn't that isn't that beautiful? It's the only 
consistently running Catholic girls school in the entire country. And they're there still. Yeah. Still doing their thing. It's just beautiful. But, but that shrine has a, a, has played a part specifically in our American history during the, the battle of new Orleans during Mm -hmm. the war of 1812, Andrew Jackson and his, motley crew and they really were they were pirates and they were they were <laughs> bandits it, it was i had so much fun researching this there were farmers and there were some slaves and i mean it was like this crazy concoction of of men very small hardly any arms and they're going up against 10,000 british soldiers <laughs> highly equipped and highly trained and all they had to hide behind were hay bales oh my gosh i love it <laughs> real <laughs> it's just I, can't, I just i can't get over it they they it's a long it's a long beautiful story if you ever get to go there they they have their history all documented in their museum but but basically what happened was the ursuline nuns and the people surrounding the shrine knew you know, uh-oh, here we go, because we, it's likely that, because Jackson threatened he was going to burn down all of New Orleans just so the the British couldn't get it. Uh-huh. And they're thinking, oh, this is great. Everything's going up in flames. So they all flocked to the Ursuline convent and the shrine of Our Lady of Prom Sucker, and it was made known to Andrew Jackson that they were harboring there and praying for an American victory. Wow. Danielle, the battle was won in 20 minutes by the Americans. Oh my gosh. <laughs> isn't that isn't that amazing? And Andrew Jackson, who was not a believer. He didn't even believe in God. Right. He because he knew he knew these nuns and and the the locals were praying for him and his forces. So he sent a messenger. He himself said that in order for that victory to have been won, there had there absolutely had to be some form of divine inter Wow. For that to happen. And they, after the battle, they went to the convent. They had a celebration meal with the Ursuline nuns. And he, he backed that up with a letter written to the Bishop of New Orleans of the time, because that was the proper way to communicate with, with cloistered nuns in stating the exact same and thanking them again for their prayers on earth. How come I didn't read this in my high school American history class? (laughs) (laughs) Precisely. Yeah. Precisely, which is why I had to do this book. I had to bring these things forward so we'd all be going, wow. Yeah. And we realize how important our country is to the Blessed Mother. That is beautiful. That's really inspiring, too, because these are real places that we can go and visit. Is that your hope yeah. that some of your readers will check out a spot that's near them that they didn't know existed before? Yes, exactly. And I, I tried to pick places that were lesser known, that weren't the, you know, the, the top five touristy Marian places to go in the U.S., places that people would look at and go, wow, I never knew it was there. And and to point out to people, yeah, because these are here, but then there's also, for every one that's in my book, for each of the nine in my book, there's there's at least a hundred more Wow. All over the country, little places, big places dedicated to the Blessed Mother, where she somehow touched our country with her her attachment and her intercession. That is so beautiful. I love that. And I love that you call it a living novena because that's such an appropriate term for it because 
this is, I mean, you just describing these stories, like it's history alive, like Mary living among us and working among us, even in our everyday events and our everyday lives and inside of our history in hidden ways. Mm-hmm. One of one of the other ones that I, I did include that is, I hope, a little better known is the National Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help mm-hmm. in Champion, Wisconsin. It is the only church-approved Marian apparition site, well, and apparition in the entire United States. Wow. Yeah. So, you know what, Marge? I actually visited that last year when I was at the Catholic Media Conference, and I hadn't previously heard of it. And I didn't know it was the only approved apparition. I didn't know it existed. So, I mean, this we need to tell people about these things. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because you're right. It's like the best kept secret in, in our country. And you saw it for yourself. It's a beautiful place. Absolutely and, gorgeous. Uh, so, so quiet. And, and I mean, go figure. It's plunked in the middle of farmland. Yeah, it's like cow fields. We- <laughs> <laughs> it is. And you know, it's kind of funny. Sometimes we go up there and, and you can actually smell the you can, you can smell the manure from the fields and the farmers are just plowed under. It's kind of like, whoa, it's Mother Earth meeting Mother Church. I, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> she she comes to us in those everyday situations. That is so funny. Yeah, so if anybody ever gets a chance to get out there, I really recommend it. And um, it's part of our country's history. It's part of our church's history. Beautiful, beautiful spot. Yes, it is. It, it is indeed. And you're right. It is also entwined into our history. The The Belgian settlers way back in the early 1800s, 1840s. Um, right. And that's that's when she appeared just shortly after that, 1859. So yeah. long history. Absolutely. Now, Marge, a lot of moms listen to girlfriends. So they're out there listening. And I know that I, as a mom, have struggled at times to kind of instill in my kids a love for Mary, a closeness with Mary. Do you have any thoughts about how to do that as a parent? What are some good ways to encourage our kids in their relationship with Mary? Example, example, example. Mm-hmm. So, so really and truly, if you push it on them, they'll rebel. Mm-hmm. And for for as much as I love our Blessed Mother, I had a I had a couple of kiddos who were like, "Back off!" <laughs> 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 sorry, sorry, I just love her so much. But but okay, what I mean by example, I don't mean we have to all you know suddenly become you know the these these cloistered women who pray night and day. That's not what I mean at all. Mm -hmm. But in the little ways, in the very natural ways, see, that's the thing. It has to be perfectly natural. Mm -hmm. Show that you love her. And I understand that it's hard for even a lot of adults to get close to her. But if we consider the fact that she's Christ's mother, Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, that opens that door. That will that's Jesus's mother. Don't you want to get to know her? You know, in that kind of respect. But, but, you know, have sacramentals in your home make a little prayer corner if you don't already have one and make sure there's a marian image there Mm -hmm. and let let the kids see you taking your concerns to her and and you know don't get rid of the you know the 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 fear of praying in front of your children if some do i in the beginning i, I actually did yeah and I, I, a lot of that had to do with my upbringing you know i just i was kind of afraid to pray out loud but i would Okay, so a very practical example, you know, we, something would happen, we get bad news, or we get great news. And I would go, I'd go up to our prayer corner, and I'd look at the picture of the Blessed Mother, and I'd say, Hey, Mom, thank you so much. Mother Mary, this is awful. 
we're, we're not having a good time here. Can you please help us? Very simple mm-hmm. like that. And the kids caught on that, that gradually was like, wow, okay, she's the one to go to. When they would do a project well in school, first place it landed after my hands and, and dad's hands were in the hands of the Blessed Mother. We'd put it on the, on the, the, ta- the little altar that we made for our prayer corner. Oh, I love and, that. Yeah, it was, well, you know, then after a while it got a little crazy because we'd have like dead cicada shells, (laughs) interesting, interesting rocks they found. Oh my gosh. uh, Crazy twig that resembled something important to them. (laughs) Oh, that's cute though. Just like a mother's purse, you know, all the precious gifts our children bring us. I used to have rocks in my purse because my little boys would bring them to me, right? These are their gifts they're offering. That's right. It's exactly the same thing. And, you know, we think nothing of it, but then somebody come over and I feel like, oh, <laughs> there's our little shrine. Oh, that's so cute. Well, and I love that you, you, you say example, because I find that that really is true. And even in, in my own life with my kids, just recently, Marge, I had a, a situation where I was concerned about something with, with my younger boys, not a big deal, but I was like worried about it. And I was bringing it to Mary and throughout the day I was praying memoraries. And then I had a sudden thought like, why am I not telling my boys that I'm praying this for, for their part? You know, that yeah. I, I yeah. they knew I was concerned about it. We had talked about it and yet I hadn't shared with them how I was handling it. And I thought that's dumb. Like I need to tell them what I'm doing and invite them to pray with me. So I did do that, but sometimes we just need that little reminder, like, you know, share this yes. with them. Yeah. It's very important. And, and when you, when you read, you know, the different, uh, spiritual director directors and and you know so even some of the, the the saints or the folks who are out there now evangelizing they'll say the same thing that it's important for the person to know you're praying for them even if they they reject that mm-hmm. even if they're they're not even if they completely left the faith it's important that they know without you you know batting the them over the head with it right but just you know very in normal conversation or just make it a point send a little message or just tell them you know i'm praying for you Mm-hmm. Why? Because, you know, not because I want, you know, lightning to come down and, you know, God's going to straighten out your action, whatever it is. But I've been, I've been tempted, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> but, but to let them know somebody cares. Right. And somebody cares enough to, to implore our blessed mother or, or God. And, you know, it's also, I think, in terms of this idea of example and prayer, pray the Marian devotions, mm-hmm. for, for example, for all of the time you know, with the kids growing up, every night was the rosary, the family rosary, but we never required it. Mm-hmm. We never, we never required that they stay there, you know, particularly when they're getting, you know, preteen teens. Yep. And, and we had, had, I think all of our kids really were living with us yet into their early twenties and, and they did, they weren't required to come or stay, but they knew it was going on. And they knew that this was a quiet, you know, important time. And very often they'd still wander down downstairs because the bedrooms are upstairs. They'd wander down and just kind of mill around or sometimes sit with us. That's really nice. Yeah. So they got it in their heads like, okay, this, I still have an attachment to this, even though I, you know, I, I, I don't feel like participating I still want to be around and be aware of it or be close to it so mm-hmm. all of these things very very important always invite you know invite them if you know to to visit a, a Marian place with you or you know always keep inviting keep inviting 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause I hear from so many moms of older kids who may have left their faith or aren't as fervent in their faith as they used to be or whatever. You know, we moms, we, we fret over these things. <laughs> it hurts us. It really can be heartbreaking sometimes, but I, I love that you're encouraging people to just keep on inviting. I think that's such a powerful way to be, first of all, that example, but then just a, a welcoming presence toward prayer in their lives. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so absolutely. Huge. It should never be a threat. Right. Yes. Or something that you're forcing. Although I will say I was raised in a family where when we were praying family rosary, we were required to at least sit there. <laughs> and, and I do remember resenting it at times when I was a brat. But, um, you know, and, but still, it's like that kind of by osmosis, right? You know, like, right. It's, it's good. It's a very good thing. So, Marge, do you have a favorite Mary story? I mean, you've shared some of these pilgrimage sites and these these powerful stories in history, but do you have a favorite time of Mary's intercession where you experienced it in your own life or with somebody you know? Oh, wow. You probably have that's a million. A, that's a that's a really good uh, question. I, I, I have a million little ones because it, it seems to happen once you get you get tuned into her mm-hmm. you can kind of see her in action uh, but the one I think the all-time best is when my mother what who had been in a nursing home and I remember we had well if, if you've read forgiving mother we were uh, by necessity estranged for probably close to 20 years mm-hmm. because her her behavior was so um, dangerous to my fa- to myself and my family mm-hmm. and um, as she was it, she was in the nursing home her health was failing and she was sinking into de- dementia and at that point it's it's kind of a long story we my siblings and I reinitiated contact and and this time she welcomed it which was nice as it could it became apparent that she was uh, nearing the end of her life. So so folks tend to slow down. They tend to gaze off kind of into nowhere a lot. They they slow down or even stop eating and drinking. And, and my mother was moving into that phase. Mm-hmm. And so so the, the staff had warned me and they said, you know, this is what we think is going on and it looks pretty apparent. And I every time I would go, because I started trying to get up there at least once a week, sometimes twice a week, which was for me an hour, hour and a half drive one way, I I, I would say, Mom, you want how about if we pray together? No, I don't mm. want to do that. Mom used to love for some reason she had this uh, crazy attachment to the rosary of all things. It was very interesting. Hmm. I said, Mom, you st- I know you still have your rosary. Shh, let you want to pray the rosary together? No, leave me alone. Um, Mom, how about if I just pray the rosary and you listen? <laughs> Everything. And she's like, No, I'm fine the way up. And then and then I I said, Mom, you know. Do you think it would be a good idea if a priest came to visit you? No, I'm fine the way I am. Like every, every time, mm-hmm. anything. And then, and I asked and I asked. Well, I wasn't getting anywhere, and so I I took it to our Blessed Mother, and I um, I know I'm going to answer for this when I try to get into heaven someday. I screamed and I yelled at her, mm-hmm. and I said, "Blessed Mother, you got to do something. Don't right. let her die without turning back to Jesus." You've got to. You've done this so many times. There's so many stories. Can you not do that for my mother? I mean, I was really frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I pleaded and pleaded with her and and kind of challenged, challenged her, you know, kind of like, you know, please prove, prove yourself. Like, I'm losing hope here. Yeah. Hello. And, um, well, my mom died and had never agreed to be visited by a priest. 
And I was absolutely crushed, like devastated, because all I could think is she'd been away from the church for a very long time and done some very awful things and had not been receiving sacraments. And I worried for her soul. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, I lost the battle. I mean, that that's oh, that's man. all I could think of. Yeah, I was it was pretty bad. I was in a state I've not been in before for for a few days there thinking, my gosh. And um, then then about three days after she had passed away, I got a call from the social worker who was the main person I'd been in contact with, the social worker from the nursing home Mm -hmm. that my mother was in and that she passed away in. She said, I thought you would like to know this. She said, I just found out that on Memorial, my mom uh, died on June 15th. She said on Memorial Day, the, oh, I'm going to start crying. The, the priest, a priest came and visited your mother and she received last rites. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. And uh, Memorial Day, now my dad passed away when I was 15 years old. So, so he had been long gone, but Mo- Memorial Day was one of my dad's absolute favorite days of the year because he was a veteran himself mm-hmm. and knew people didn't come back and so it was a big deal day for for my dad and then obviously for us so immediately the whole like all the connections came together asking the blessed mother here's this day that is so special to my dad and i just i bawled oh, of course i just you did bawled. that's so beautiful I went to look at, you know, I went in front of her picture. I went to the, we happened to be near, when when the phone call came, we actually were near a Marian shrine and I went in and I, all I could keep saying was thank you, mm-hmm. thank you, thank you. And just, you know, do my, do my boohooing. But that is, that is really my favorite Mary story. Yeah, because that's that, powerful. It was, it was, I still, I still get chills. I just think, wow, mama, I owe you in a big apology. And, and you know, I love that because it's a very human reaction, right? It feels like you're, you got your answer to your prayer and it was no, right? And, yeah, and yet exactly. there's Mary working behind the scenes, just like at the wedding at Cana, right? Kind of the unseen force mm-hmm. pulling the strings, making stuff happen for us. And mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. I think that's such a beautiful example, Marge. I love it. Now, listen, Marge, I hear from people all the time who are like, I'm getting together with my women's group. Can I use your book for, you know, discussion, you know, based over a number of weeks or doing a study together with other women? Are are your books conducive to that kind of thing? And do you have any supplemental materials or anything like that? I, my books, definitely, I always write my books in mind with the possibility that they'll be used in groups or parishes. Mm -hmm. So, yes, yes, absolutely. My queen, my mother included yeah, uh, very conducive to the group setting. There are questions for reflection at the end of each chapter, mm-hmm. so that could be done on one's own or shared about in a group. And yeah. and I did that on purpose so that folks could go through the chapters and learn about these places and get so excited that maybe they're going to want to share with the group other places they've been or would like to go. Maybe it stirs them to start researching places and, wow, maybe do a, a group day trip 
or a group pilgrimage somewhere to one of our Marian sites in our country. So yeah, definitely, definitely it's doable in a group. I love that. You're going to be inspiring some women to get together with other women to focus on Mary, our mother, and possibly some field trips in the mix. I absolutely love that idea. Marge, where can people go to learn more about your books and, you know, order them or find out more about the work that you do with Mary? You, the best place to go is my website, and, and it's easy to remember. It's MargeFenelon.com. Okay, great. And we'll have that linked up in the show notes so everybody can go and check it out and check out all of the books. My guest today has been Marge Fenelon. Her newest book is My Queen, My Mother, A Living Novena, A Marian Pilgrimage Across the America, newly available from Ave Maria Press. Marge, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us here on Girlfriends today. It's been wonderful chatting with you. Oh, it's been great. Thanks so much. Really happy to to have been here and been able to share. Absolutely. God bless. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Marge, and I hope you'll be inspired to check out all of her books at her website, which, of course, I will have linked up in the show notes, as always, at ascensionpress.com. I've had some people mention to me that they sometimes have difficulty finding the show notes. So let me just tell you, go to ascensionpress.com. And then from there, you're going to click on Ascension Presents, and it'll bring you to a page with video, blogs, and podcasts. If you click on podcasts, that's where you'll find girlfriends. Also, if you want to join us on Facebook, I would love it if you would join our private group that we have on Facebook, which is exclusive to listeners of the Girlfriends Podcast. So if you are listening, you qualify, you get in. So go to facebook.com slash group slash Girlfriends Podcast. If you can't remember all that, that's fine. Go to those show notes that I just referenced at ascensionpress.com and click the link there. You do have to make a request to join, um, but we'd be glad to have you. Really hoping to get more conversations going there on on the show's topics in the coming weeks. I'll be posting some questions and different things. And sometimes I just share what's going on in my life. And I love it when members there share a question, share something they're struggling with, share an idea for a future show topic. That's what it's all about. I really love the back and forth that can happen there on Facebook. And speaking of back and forth, there is no replacement for in-person meeting you in person. I love every opportunity I get to meet you in person. So I want to share some places that I'm going to be in the coming months. Um, So my next in-person event where maybe you can be is in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I'm going to be at the Catholic Marketing Network. The simultaneous conference going on is the Catholic Writers Guild. I'm going to be speaking to them. I'm going to be their keynote address at the start of the Writers Guild conference. So excited about that. And that's going to be from July 30th through August 2nd, again, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. If you're a writer, if you're a starting out writer or even an experienced writer, check out that conference for the Catholic Writers Guild. I'd love to be able to meet you there. Um, If you're involved in any kind of Catholic industry, for sure, the Catholic Marketing Network, the trade show they have there is a must, must attend. I would love to be able to see you there as well. If you just live in the area, you can come out for a day and check it out. So much going on there. So again, that's in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. The link is in the show notes at ascensionpress.com, July 30th to August 2nd. Then uh, Saturday, November 16th, I'm going to be in Orlando giving my You Are Enough retreat. Look forward to meeting folks out there. I'm going to be at Holy Family Catholic Church. Uh, Saturday, January 11th, we're into 2020 now. I'm going to be giving my You're Worth It retreat at St. Michael Church in Exeter, New Hampshire. So that's right here in my home state. Looking forward to that. Saturday, March 7th, I'm going to be giving my You're Worth It retreat at Precious Blood Parish in Jasper, Indiana. And then Saturday, March 28th, 
8th, 2020, I'm going to be speaking at the Women's Conference in Norwich, Connecticut. You can see I'm booking these a little ways out. So if you're interested in having me come speak at your parish, maybe you want to bring my You're Worth It retreat or You Are Enough retreat to your community, you can get information about doing that by going to daniellebean.com and click on the retreats tab to find out more about bringing the retreats or just click on speaking if you're part of a conference or if you want to suggest my name as a speaker for someone to come out to your community. I love meeting my girlfriend's listeners in person. There's really no replacement for being able to meet you guys in real life and be able to hear what's going on in your life, ways in which you enjoy the podcast. But also I just love hearing, you know, where you're from and what your family's like. And, um, you know, meeting you in person, there absolutely is no replacement for that. And when people come up to me somewhere, and tell me they listen to the Girlfriends podcast, we are instant friends because I know they get it. If you're listening to Girlfriends and you are still coming up and talking to me at a conference, we're best friends. I totally get it. So anyway, hoping that um, we can manage to get together. If you're not going to be at one of those places that I listed, maybe you can look into having me come out to your community. I would absolutely love to be able to meet you in person. But most of all, I love being able to connect with you here. So I want to thank you for taking the time. I know your time is precious. My time is precious. I am super choosy about what podcasts I will listen to. So I am so grateful that you choose to listen to Girlfriends. I'm so grateful for the ways in which we're able to connect here and online. I'm just absolutely grateful for your presence here. You are a valuable and important part of the Girlfriends community just by listening. Thank you so much for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 